So, uh, but I've got a whole lot of grandchildren that are now doing the same thing that they did. And, uh, but it's easier because they're not my children, they're my grandchildren. Living stones. I want to look, I want to look at uh, something I've called living stones. If you've got your Bible, 1 Peter 2 and verses 1 to 5. And uh, what, it, what I want to look at is our identity as believers and the purpose that God has put us on the face of the earth for. Because if we look at, at 1 Peter 2, we're actually going to see that uh, we see the individual call, but we also see the corporate call. So you're not on your own. You do this together. And I, I was so impressed yesterday. I was at children's ministry, Josh, Jen, whatever, and Kevin and Mandy walked in. I thought, wow, have they forgotten? Do they still think they're in AM or something? But it was amazing. You know why? Because God has called us to be living stones. Living. We're not cemented into our place, but we're alive and, and moving. So let's read that scripture, 1 Peter 2 and verses 1 to 5. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. I saw Jackie when I came in. If you want to know anything about breast milk, just talk to her. She knows about that stuff. Patty's done how, how many years now? About eight years. She's done antenatal classes with... Uh, Jackie, and every time she comes home after the, the latest one, she's got a whole lot of new stuff that she's learned. She says, you won't believe it. I tell her, I do believe it. You're not having any more children. You don't need milk. <laughs> As you come to him, the living stone, Jesus, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. You know what? We, we, we've got to grow. We, we've got to come to that place in our life. We don't want to be babies anymore. We want to grow. We want to grow into what you have for us. And so that happens individually. But it also happens corporately. And so that's why as, as a directing eldership, we got to the place where Adam had left. And uh, we're th thinking, yeah, these guys need some reinforcements here. The wall has got a hole or two. And so we asked Kevin and Mandy to come across. They didn't even, they didn't even think twice about it. I must be honest. I would have thought about it more times than what Kevin did. Uh, he probably didn't know what uh, PM is like. But anyway... Um, <laughs> but he just said, if Andrew's asking me, I'll go. I thought, wow, you know Andrew better than me. <laughs> he obviously knows stuff I don't. You know what? We, on our own, we won't cope. Didn't, didn't you hear the word tonight about we need each other. We, we, we need to support one another. We need to be those that are there for each other. We're not, we don't just come to church on a Sunday or congregation, come on, on Sunday, and when you're finished, you go home. That's not what this is about. This is about living stones, not stones that have been cemented in place. 
You know, I, I remember once uh, Will actually gave an example of uh, he was building a church. And he said the truck arrived with all the bricks. And they just threw the bricks off on the ground. And he said, you know, there was a church, potentially. But they had to take those bricks and they had to cement them in place so that they could actually have a building that they could meet in. And so we've got to be cemented in, but we need to be cemented in with the Holy Spirit. There's no, oh, I'm here now and I can't move. No, Kevin, Kevin was there. He was doing his job. He was, him and Mandy actually, not just Kevin. Uh, Mandy actually did more than Kevin. And, and, and they, you need me to move. I'll go there. Are you guys ready to go there? And you know what? It doesn't mean Basil's getting nervous. It doesn't mean you have to leave this congregation and go to another congregation. It just means when you go to work tomorrow. It means when you go home and you speak to your neighbor. You're going. Wherever you find yourself, there you are going. I think our biggest problem is we don't realize the potential that we have to change the world by missing the small things around us. We just want to go for the big things. You guys are easy to preach to. So our first focus, obviously, as individual and as corporate, our first focus is with our God. And I think that was a great song that we finished with, Jody, that our love for God. That has to come first. There's nothing else that can happen in your life until you find yourself in a relationship with God and you are working at that on a daily basis. Building on the living stone. Capital living stone, Jesus. Building on the living stone. We need, the passage begins with Peter's illustration referring to believers as living stones being built into a spiritual house. But it speaks about the living stone, Jesus. So our relationships come out of our relationship with Jesus. Who here would you know if you weren't in church together? Many of us wouldn't know each other, am I right? You'd like you'd walk past somebody or or you'd go to the dentist, you'd open your mouth and you wouldn't know that he was an elder. Let's pick on Kevin now. <laughs> but really it comes out of that place of being built into a spiritual home. Tonight I want you to leave here thinking, hey, this is the place that I need to be. This is where God has put me. This is where God is going to use me from. I'm a living stone. What does living speak about? Yes, alive. Have you, have you seen, and Nehemiah talks about burnt stones. Black, burnt, broken down. But you guys, man, you guys are living stones. You're alive. You have color. When I was in severe depression... I actually lost the ability to see color. All I saw was grays and blacks and whites. That was all I saw. I didn't see any color. That's depression. Guys, if you're feeling like that, when we finish here, I want you to come up here and I'll pray for you. God touched me and healed me miraculously in this area of my life. I was, 
I got to the place where I was leading a church up in Benoni, the one that Ryan leads now, City on a Hill. And uh, I just burnt out. And you know what? Andrew, that man, don't miss the 17th. He can't wait to get back to speak to us. He cannot wait. Andrew is like, he's just a well of stuff. And so I want to encourage you to, 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 be, to be there on the 17th. But I, he, I was on Dudley Daniel's team with uh, Andrew. So we knew each other. And he phoned me and he said, hey, Roland, come down here. He said, come down here and let's get you restored to where you should be. Man, I came down here for six months. I did nothing. I actually started to get embarrassed about doing nothing. Because even as it is, as pastors, we don't do much, eh? We work one day a week and we get paid double pay. <laughs> but so I came down here. And you know what? Andrew brought me to a place of very... Not only Andrew. Uh, Will Maria as well. He was very involved with me coming down here as well. And then I was in Russell's congregation, Durbanville, for, for many years, where I met Brett. And I asked him, why are you here tonight? But there, there, there's, this, uh, there's this parallel between the physical temple and the spiritual building of the church. See yourself as a stone. And I don't know why, but I've never been able to imagine this thing as bricks. That's too like, I've always thought of it as those, those walls that they build with round rocks. And you've got to find your place, otherwise you don't fit in. And so, yeah, make sure you, we're not only bricks, but living stones. We have life, we have color, we have purpose. If you're here tonight and you don't have purpose... By the end of this, we're going to pray for you and you're going to have purpose. We, you're going to have purpose. You cannot leave here ever on a Sunday and not have a purpose for walking out there. You can't. So as living stones, we find our identity and purpose in being connected to the living stone. I need to just drink some of this. After the depression seven years ago, I then had a triple bypass. So I've, I've, I've had a few fights, but hey, I've come, Josh Jenner's brought me through. The, this, this church and obviously Jesus, but you know what? Sometimes Jesus is like, oh, but your friends are there. They're around you. They're picking you up. They're lifting you up. They, you know what? If you're not doing that, you should be doing it. You should allow it to be done to you, and you should also be doing it to others. Why I was telling you that is I take cholesterol medication, so it dries my mouth up. With, after you've had a triple bypass, cholesterol is like a serious swear word because everything will block up and it'll all start from the beginning again. And so you cannot do that. A holy priesthood. We are a holy priesthood. Who knows what holy means? Hey, holy? Set apart. It's the only attribute of God that's mentioned three times in a row. In Isaiah 6 and verse 1, it says, Holy, holy, holy. Guys, we are to be set apart from those that don't know Jesus. 
not in terms of our speaking to them and, and evangelizing, but in terms of our character and lifestyle. We, we, we will be judged according to our lips and our lifestyle. L and L. You will be judged by what you say and how you live. In the Old Testament, the priesthood played a really like, important role. They actually would go, they would go before God, and then God would speak to them, and then they would go to the people and say, this is what God has said. And I believe that's our responsibility now, to be going before God on a regular basis. I was amazed that Steve actually really did a devotional on a Sunday morning. I I didn't even wake up then, Steve. (laughs) But we need to be those that are are mediating between, between God and the people that don't know him and the people that do know him as well. Our lives are living sacrifices. We dedicate it to God's service. Guys, it's not only the full-time guys that serve God. It's every single one of us. Every single one of us is looking for an opportunity. And you know what? In Josh Jen, there's lots of opportunity to serve. Help help with the com. Just get you early on a Sunday and pray. All the things that are asked. Just do them. Get involved. I believe that when people are saved, they should serve. Those that serve stay in, built into the, into the temple. Chosen people. You are chosen. You're chosen. God chose you. If, if you are sitting here tonight and you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God chose you. You didn't choose him. It says God chose us first. He chose you. That's how you can love him. Hey, Lord, it's easy to love you because you chose me. You called me. The thing, the thing about being chosen as well is the price has been paid. Jesus paid the price. He hung on a cross so you and me could live an abundant life. The word says that... He will give us life and life to the full. John 10.10. The Old Old Testament theme of Israel as God's chosen people has now been extended to include the Jews and the Gentiles. That means everyone. There's no longer any discrimination between people in the kingdom of God. Our grace, our identity is rooted in God's deliberate choice and sovereign grace. I was so encouraged tonight just to watch the young guys in the front here. Man, I don't have that in my congregation yet. I don't have enough young guys, I think. And so they, just to see them worshiping God like crazy. One little wizard, is that guy here with the red shirt on? Has he gone out? He's like, I was like, Lord. There were more... A royal priesthood, royal priests. We are called to live in a manner befitting the children of the king. 
clothed in righteousness. Guys, you, you are clothed in righteousness. A lot of Christians take their robes off. But God has clothed you in a robe of righteousness. People for God's own possession. You remember when you were young? For some of us, that's a long time ago, but some of us, not so long. And you got pocket money. In those days, like one ren, you could buy a lot of stuff, you know. But not anymore. I, I don't even know how much you have to give for pocket money anymore. I'm sure it's a lot above one rand. But we could go to the shop with our one rand. And I used to love licorice. I used to get those licorice strips. I used to love eating that stuff. And, uh, or you could get those big toffees as well. And so you know what? I would wait for the end of the month when that pocket money would come. And you know what? That's how God is with us. He's so like, hey, these people are my possession. They are mine. You're his pocket money. For adults now, pocket money is what you've got when you've paid everything else. Most of us have got no more pocket money. <laughs> when you've paid everything, you think, yes, I still got one rand. Now what am I going to do with one rand? But he's, we are his position. We are his pocket money. And he's paid the price. So all of it belongs to him. So we're living stones. A holy and royal priesthood. A chosen people. A holy nation and God's own possession. I didn't give you the scripture, but it's okay. Isaiah 6 and verse 1, we spoke about it earlier on. One of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand. This is Isaiah speaking, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, as I, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Who what Shrek? Pick me, pick me. I believe that this evening, God wants a response from you guys. And I, I, I believe that this, this spirit... Has, will be broken over as Kevin and Mandy come, not because of who they are, but because of obedience, saying, I'll go. You open the way, I'll go. And so tonight, I, I wonder, wonder if you could just bow your heads for me. If you're sitting out tonight and, and you, you just haven't entered into what God has for you, you know, you're holding back, you're not reaching out, you're falling short, and you know it. Nobody has to tell you. The Holy Spirit's just uh, ministering to you right now that you need to change. You need to begin to say, pick me, 
Pick me, Lord. This congregation needs more elders. This congregation needs more deacons. This congregation needs com leaders. They need guys to work behind the coffee bar, guys to work on the sound, guys to play in the worship group. There are so many needs in the life of this congregation. And maybe you're sitting there and you're not doing anything. And you're saying, but I can't do anything. God is saying, if you make yourself available, I will use you. I will use you. I will come and touch you with that tongue. And I will use you. If you're like that tonight, I wonder if you could just stand up where you are. I want to pray for you. I'm, I'm trusting that there's many of these guys that are here in this congregation. I'm not going to rush. I'm going to take my time. I'm waiting for you guys to stand up. Come on, that's it. More of you guys. Stand up. The Lord wants to use you guys and girls. You're sitting there and you're thinking, but I do nothing. Or I can't do anything. No, God says, I've chosen you. I want to use you. Stand up now. Stand up. Say, Lord, I don't know what to do and how to do it and when to do it, but the Lord is saying, I will enable you through my spirit. I will enable you. I'm not rushing because people are standing up. And I really believe that this is the most important part of tonight. As we respond to God. If you're sitting here tonight and you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior... You won't respond because the Holy Spirit won't be prompting you. If you're in that place that you've never received Jesus, I wonder if you could stick your hand up. I, I don't know you guys, so I don't know if there are any of you guys. Is there anyone? Stick your hand up. We'd love to pray with you. Lord. Lord, I thank you for these courageous people, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you will use them, Lord. You will take them and use them. You have chosen them. You have called them tonight, Lord. And as they've been courageous to stand forward, Lord, I thank you that you will begin to work in their life. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. Is there anyone who needs healing here that's sick? Uh, something's wrong with you. Trust, you trust God for healing. Is there anyone like that? I wonder if you guys could just come to the front so we can pray for you. I wonder, elders, deacons, can you come and pray with me here? Just stand here. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. So, Lord, I thank you that you are the God of healing, Lord. Lord, I thank you right now as these guys lay their hands on these that are sick, that you will come and heal. That you will come and heal, Lord. Come and heal, Lord. Okay, then the very last thing, and I'm not, I haven't got a shotgun yet. Uh, I want to pray for you if, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit or 
re-infilled. You know, if you go through the book of Acts, the same guys got filled time and time again as they needed the Holy Spirit to come. So if you're in that, in that spot, I wonder if you could stand up or come to the front. It's also fine. Come, Candace. Is anyone else? Come to the front quickly. Those guys that stood up as well, I wonder if you could just come to the front as well. We want to pray for you quickly.